Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and Regold is on the other end of the phone just busting to talk to you. Good morning, Ray. Hey, good morning, which is good evening here. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today only because I've never seen you so excited to record a podcast. <laughs> and you you were so excited that you called it the wrong thing, which I'm learning is something that you do all the time. Pod, because with the idea membership, you have so many webinars and different podcasts and you've got this podcast and you're just like, you're a content machine, right? It's no wonder oh, you get confused. How lucky am I? But yes, wait, I do get confused. I welcome <laughs> people to a podcast and it's a video and I welcome <laughs> a webinar and it's a podcast. It's all talking to me. Absolutely. And today we're going to be talking about competitions and getting yourself in the right mindset as a teacher, as a studio owner to really be able to tackle that competition season. I know as a dance studio owner, that I have a love-hate relationship with competitions because I love seeing the kids on stage. I love seeing my work get performed and that moment that you've been working so hard for. But I also know that competitions are exhausting and there are, it's all aspects of your role as a dance studio owner, not just as choreographer and as teacher, but as customer service relationship manager and fire putter-outerer because of course there's always drama at the competition. So it just seems to me like I really look forward to it and then I get into the middle of it and I go, oh, that's right, this is exhausting. So I'm super keen to get your um, thoughts and feelings on, on it today, on competitions today, Ree. And also keen to talk to you because you seem to have a bit of a reputation around competition. <laughs> Listen. I think there are people out there who believe that I, um, I'm against competition. And that's a uh, untruth, really. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm just for doing it for the right reasons and doing it the right way. So I love the opportunity to, to share my thoughts because it isn't really about not doing dance competition. It's about how do we do this and, you know, you said earlier in the intro, you talked about the stress of it. Mm -hmm. I actually believe we could sit there on the weekend and not have any stress at all if we, if we had the right mindset and we could create that within our studios. These weekends could become an outing where everybody enjoys each other's company. It builds camaraderie. Parents get to know each other if the attitude is the right way. I so mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, going to, I'm just going to stand back, go for it. <laughs> okay. Feel free, feel free to jump in if you have any questions. Okay. What I was going to say before Ree, was that your competition, like you've come from competition. You did competitions when you were growing up. You were a star of competitions. If what I read is correct. Yes. I actually <laughs> directed competitions for 24 years. Great time great uh learning growth i actually think it it well prepared me for where i'm at right now with dance teachers and studio owners but for me there came a point where i had to move on and that point came when what i feel 
what I'm about to say is why people think that I don't like dance competition, but this is, this is where it ended for me. When I couldn't give kids a bronze medal anymore who deserved a bronze medal, or I couldn't give kids a silver medal who deserved a silver medal, that, I, that in order for studios to come to my competition, I had to change my system to like, gold high gold and platinum and i couldn't go there and so for me i sold it moved on started project motivate and i've watched the industry grow and change i've seen some positive change and i've, I've seen some negative both so tell me re you said that you um feel like these weekends could be a really enjoyable experience for everybody involved tell us how Okay, so uh, I'm going to come to that in a second, but there's one point I want to make to all of our listeners as we start this talk. Um, when it comes to competition, don't turn your expertise over to the parents or the kids. You be the person that's in charge. You are the director. And, and so what, what does that mean to me? It, it means that I am deciding where we're going. I'm deciding the costuming. I'm deciding uh, the choreography. I'm not going out there and asking parents what they think of the choreography or would they like this or that for a costume. I think we must take the role of director leader we know what we're doing and run our competitive programs the way our gut instinct tells us that we should and always be able to explain the reasons that you're doing what you're doing with the parents explain it to the parents but do do, do what you do with authority you're the expert that's my opening point here, because I think that there are a lot of teachers and studio owners who lose their confidence by walking outside and saying to a group of 12 parents, do you like the choreography? And they've never choreographed anything. And you take what they say to heart. I say, go out there and say, come look at this awesome piece of choreography. Absolutely. Oh, you've got to have your own back first and foremost. Yes. Okay, so this is uh, another place I'm going to go. When it comes to me choosing dancers to be in particular groups, lines, whatever you call it, when you make a decision, let's say Re is not keeping up, and so maybe Re isn't going to be in something that he's been in for the last three or four years. At the time that you make that decision, you must also decide what it is that you're going to say to Re and the parents about your decision. You must be prepared to explain why you made the decision that you did. 
that's tough for teachers. They make the decisions and then they go back into the studio and just expect that everybody's going to accept the decision without an explanation of any kind. And that's when trouble gets created. That's when parents start calling each other. That's when kids start resenting each other. Mm -hmm. So for me, if Re isn't going to be in the number, Re's mom or Re gets a call ahead of time that explains that this decision has been made because of this, this, and this. And then tell me what my solution is if I'd like to try to stay where I'm at. Do you follow that? Absolutely. Because not only do you have to have yeah, as dance teachers, we know, we know why Re isn't in the group. We have the reasons behind us, but often we assume that the parent or the child sees exactly that without us explaining it. But in order to, to have that authority, and, and you spoke about that in, in the beginning, Re, about, you know, having the authority to choreograph the group and to say, this is awesome. And to, you know, stand at the front of your studio or your front of your class you've got to be able to have that, that same backing of yourself when it comes to making these big decisions. And communication is key. You've got to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And there's another point that I want to make here. It'll make us have to think a little bit more before we take someone out. Because sometimes, I'm just going to say this fast, it's about our ego and not necessarily what's good for the kid. Like, mm -hmm. let's say Re was this dancer who worked really hard, or I don't know, showed up on time, and we're missing those aspects of Re as a student when we're making the decision because Re's not gonna make us look as good as these other dancers will, so therefore we're not gonna show Re. <laughs> When in reality, you could keep reading. If you're a good choreographer and if you are creative, there are ways to make everybody look good, right? Okay, yeah. So that's that point. I, we got that over with. So <laughs> one thing that I think is really important if I want to have a good season and a good competition program is that I don't create any rivalries. And so what do I mean by that? I mean, as the teacher, as the studio owner, you'd never hear me say any language like, watch out for that school, they're not so nice, or this school, they cheat, or this school, they win because of this. You will never, ever, ever hear me say anything like that in front of my kids or my students because I feel that it is really wrong of me <laughs> to create rivalries and resentment over dance in my students because they look up to me as a mentor and a leader and I think I should be above those rivalries. And if I show them that I have those rivalries, I'm not the confident leader that I'm expected to be. So, this is really important to me. If you have pointed those schools out in the past or whatever, just 
stop doing it. And now think to yourself, I'm going to point out some numbers that I want my kids to watch from other schools so that they can grow and learn from watching those numbers. So do you get what we just did? We flipped it. Yeah. And what we're doing there is teaching life lessons to our kids that we should take responsibility to do. You see everybody, I'm going off now, everybody complains about competition. They come home from them on the weekends, they go on social media and they complain. But they do it over and over and over again because it feeds something in them. Mm -hmm. It's time to enjoy the experience and look for the good that happened over the weekend and not come back and try to spin that there's something wrong with the competition because you didn't score so well or this judge did these things wrong or didn't say this on the critique or whatever. It's, it's, it's almost like we're living in the syndrome of, uh, there's a word I'm trying to think of, like we're a victim. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. look at it as though, I, I, like I said when we started, this, this can be a great experience. It's the attitude. Okay, so uh, we're not talking about other schools. We're not talking about other teachers. We're not doing that in front of our kids. What you think in your head is your own business. Um, I always say this, and uh, school owners and teachers say, well, I don't have control over that. I believe we do. I believe that we sit down with our parents and we teach them how to be a good audience and we tell them that they, ha they have to applaud for every kid that hits the stage or every number when it's over. If you're wearing my jacket or my gear that has my studio name on it, it's a must. Yep. It's so simple. Yeah. And, and grace be graciously accepting awards and and be caught congratulating others you see if that's what you're doing over the weekend you enjoy the experience and i know re you've talked before about being being rivals with other dance studios one of my favorite things to do at dance competitions, well, my favorite parts of dance competitions is getting to catch up with all of my friends who are other studio owners, because it's, you know, we're all so busy throughout the year that, that we rarely see each other, even though we have that shared passion for dance and that shared passion for what we do, we hardly ever see each other. And so at a competition, it's a great opportunity to go, Hey, how are you going? What's going on? You've had another baby. So it seems at the moment, all the dance studios in my area are all having babies. That happens in periods. It even happens in studios where multiple faculty members are uh, whatever. That year is the year. Yeah. But we got off track. Um, take me back. Oh, I just love I just love it, the opportunity for a catch up. And I love my students seeing me catch up with oh, other yes. studio owners and giving them a hug and wishing their kids good luck or telling their kids how well they did or that I loved that routine. 
I think that does for in terms of a mentor and a leader that does so much um, for your students and then they know what the expectation is of their behavior when they're backstage seeing other kids but the behavior thing for me Ree, is a non-negotiable just as we train our kids to dance on stage and to perform well we also have to train our parents on ways in which to behave in a, in a theater setting because a lot of them you know are used to being on the netball court or you know going to a football match they don't know how to behave and they're two completely different settings, even though sometimes I go to a competition and I feel like I'm at a football match. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I understand. So all of it is about attitude. All of it is about being that professional that we've talked about so many times in our classroom. Wouldn't it be the professionalism really gets taken to a higher level when you're out in public in front of all of these people mm -hmm. like my closing line i'm gonna say it but i'm gonna I'm, I'm coming back to it it's like to me the objective is to be the kindest school of them all and yep. hear this if you're the winner then you should always be the kindest school there because people look for flaws in those successful people so I look at it as though, to me, we are just going to be the most loving, most appreciative, um, setting the example of appreciating each other and our love for dance. And it, if you walk in with that attitude, it rubs off on other people and can change the whole like culture of an event if enough people think that way. Yeah. I say to my kids that um, I am just as interested in what, in the way that you behave backstage as in the way you perform on stage. So if you're keeping, you know, if the dressing room is a mess and you're not wishing the other competitors good luck and I hear from the backstage manager that you were, you know, standing over the line when you should have been behind the line before you go on or any of those things, I say to the kids, I don't care whether you get first or gold platinum or last or any of that. The results don't mean anything. If you're not behaving in a way that represents your school and is, is being a good sport, then, you know, that's, that's a, that's not good for me. I got it. Totally. I also, I also love the opportunity to remind the kids that we're all in it together. So I will quite often get or not get the kids, but remind the kids that, Backstage the competition is really um, exciting and some people get kind of worked up in that and they could go, oh, I've lost my jazz shoe or I need a bobby pin or I need a something. And if somebody else in your team or in somebody else's team from another school needs a bobby pin, you need to be the first one there with a bobby pin to give it to them because we're all in it together. We all want to look good on stage and we all want to look after each other. And that is, you know, I use the bobby pin as an example all the time when we have these sit down chats with the kids yeah. before the competition. And it's, you know, it's just, I could, we, you and I could sit here, we could talk about all the examples. I think it's an attitude. Mm, absolutely. And I think that we can instill that attitude in our kids by being the example of that attitude. By actually believing, even when we, I know we say it, but actually believing 
that we were scored the right way, even if we didn't win. Mm -hmm. And to be able to go home and recognize that in front of your kids to say, hey, you guys, we obviously got to do some work. Where would you like to start? Yep. That is what this is all about. That's when I say, I told you earlier, I said, people think I don't like competition. This is the part of competition that I think is the most vital. It is like, how do you grow from this? Not, <laughs> we can only go where we're going to win because that's what satisfaction in dance competition is. Mm. That's that's when I'm kind of against it. To me, yeah. it's, it's like, okay, you guys, what did we learn this weekend? And that's so easy to do rather than going home after that competition and being disappointed. Get excited about what you learned and get the kids to be excited by saying to them, so what piece of choreography would you like to start with to make it better? Yeah, because then those are kids who are going to go for a job and not get it and then not fall apart, right? If they're learning about how to learn from failure and being able to grow from those experiences that aren't, you know, perfect, the child yes. that gets told that, you know, the competition is terrible or the judge doesn't know what they're talking about or we're never going back to that, don't, they don't know how to get back up off, you know, off the dirt when they have actual failure in real life, when they don't get that job or when their, you know, boyfriend breaks up with them or any of those things that happen when you actually grow up. Yes. Yes. And there are people who actually go to a different competition all the time because they haven't found the one where they're the big winner. And this is what I want to say is if we continue to do that, rather than stick someplace and work really hard to get where we want to go. We're always going to be kind of average. We're not going to get any better if we don't expose ourselves to things that are better or stronger. Or we, and we also need to offer that to our dancers so that they're the best that they can be. So I got a couple, couple more here that I want to talk about. I think one of the ways to create a weekend where everybody is happy, this might not be the first thing that comes to everybody's mind, but that the studio is totally organized. That the studio owner or the teachers are there long before the kids would arrive. Music has been taken care of. We're all set with our dressing room that our families feel as though the faculty and staff has all of our best interests and so organized that there's nothing that I'm worried about for that weekend. You follow me on that? Oh, absolutely. It's so important. And as a studio owner, I don't work very well under pressure. And so a couple of years into my studio, I gave the responsibility and kind of built up one of my staff members who loves that kind of stuff. She's now my performance manager. And on competition weekends, the music and the, all the things are all hers. And I just turn up like sunshine and go to there the dressing you go. room and tie the ballet ribbons and tell the kids how wonderful they are. And 
it all still happens, but in terms of customer service, it works so much better for our business because I get to not be the, I'm panicking about things person. I get to be the, everything is great person. <laughs> I'm with you. I, that's, listen, when I go, and it's been now a few years, but when I go and my brother's kids are competing, I enjoy the experience. Like I look forward to seeing the numbers. I like being in the auditorium. I mean, for most dance teachers, we have so many fond memories. I think that those are the things that we should be thinking about on the weekends rather than the stress and the winning and the parents and the other schools. It's like, okay, we are the happy school. We're here performing. We're so grateful for the opportunity to perform and we hope everybody does well. And just, just imagine if everybody in the room kind of felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I guess I'm going to go this way too, because I think this is really important when it comes to creating a weekend where everybody feels good is that you as an owner and my faculty, we have no breakdowns over the weekend where we're kind to our dancers I say this because sometimes we can be disappointed or let down because the performance wasn't what we expected or a child didn't come through with something that we hope they do on stage. And that that negativity brought into a weekend can be enough to mess up the whole weekend for everybody because other parents see us do that the kids be if the other kids are afraid that if they mess up they're gonna gonna maybe be embarrassed or however a kid feels i feel like it's like give them a high five and say let's go on to the next number and anything that needs to be discussed should be wait should wait until everybody's at home and reminding your teachers of that is super important too. reminding your teachers that the high five is the best option and then going back to class and dealing with it there once you've had some time to cool off is so much better because it is you know you invest so much we as teachers we invest so much in our kids and what we're creating and when it doesn't come off the way that we hoped it's disappointing but it is so important not to to share that <laughs> it, yes and and if, if it's disappointing to us and our kids know that they feel like they let us down mm. and maybe in our head they did but is that a responsibility that we should put on them or should we be saying well how can i get that part cleaner <laughs> What words have I not used? How can I get them to do that instead of I'm disappointed in them? Or yeah. or even that that feeling that or that vibe that they could feel, like why even put that in the mix? Yep. So um now my final line here was was be the kindest school of them all. So I'll go on a little roll here. So 
how do I be the kindest school of them all? All the things that we talked about, but that I, as a school owner, and I, I somehow, I work really hard to express this, am grateful that dance is in my life. I'm grateful that parents trust me with their kids. I'm grateful that parents believe in me enough to spend the money on the entry fees and to travel on the weekends and to be a part of this program that I created to make really good dancers. I think just at the end of the day, before they do awards, look around in the auditorium at all your kids and all their parents and their smiles and this, this community that you've created. And that's something to be grateful for. I look at the whole competition experience as like a, a, a fun field trip for the school if it's handled the right way. Now, I want to add something to that. Maybe, and this is controversial, but maybe we've become less excited, less enthusiastic because maybe we're doing too many. But I don't know if that's true. But could it be that that experience would be more like a field trip if it was two or three times a year and not six? Mm. I, I don't know the answer. Well, what I, what I would say um, to studio owners who that resonates with is don't be afraid to change what the norm is because it's your studio, it's your house. I say that all the time. It's your house, it's your rules. and if you've always done A, B, and C, it doesn't mean that next year you have to do A, B, and C. You can choose to do A and C. And maybe the year after you can do B. And it's, and it's not about finding another competition to go to instead. It's about finding another opportunity that you can talk up. So a couple of um, years into my business, I got overwhelmed with the amount of competition that we were doing. And so I cut the big major, we've always done this competition from the school. And instead I put on a fun community free performance experience. And I tell you what, when I made that announcement, I went and hid underneath my duvet in bed and didn't want to come out to the real world because I didn't want to hear what everybody thought. And in the end it was an, it was really well received. The parents didn't have to go away. They yeah. got to bring grandma and grandpa and auntie and uncle to see their child perform. And then it just gave me permission to make changes like that year on year because I was not no longer afraid of, you know, kind of rocking the apple cart. I was able to stand in my own space and say, this is how we're going to do it. And this is the reason why, because it's always important to explain Yes. And I don't want studio owners to be afraid of not, if you, you know, of changing things up a little bit, especially if it's going to be good for your psyche and good for your mental health. It's, it's, you know, you've got to look after you first and foremost. Agreed. Okay. So I'm going to close this with enjoy the competition journey set the example for your kids of what enjoying the journey is all about set that example for your faculty and your staff as well and don't make it about winning 
If you win, great, congratulations. Make it about growing and learning and seeing some kid who you know that you brought from a beginner level to a contender in this category. How cool is that? That's how you make these weekends fun, memorable, uh, and memories that last forever. I love it, Ray. Thank you so much for chatting all things competition. Thank you. I had a blast. And once again, enjoy the competition journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 